Welcome to the IVF Before and After podcast, where we will talk about the emotional roller coaster journey we are about to embark on. Tune in to a series of podcasts on stories and tips to help you feel you are not alone on your fertility or parenting journey. We will openly discuss success and failure. We will attempt to pick you up when you are down and celebrate when your head's in the clouds. Kay Dempsey is your host. You can't wait to get started finding your way through IVF and parenting journey. Welcome back to IVF Before and After. I said in the last po- podcast I was going to speak about grief. Clinics, they don't tell you what grief is like. You whether you love your life and you, you can't wait to start your own family. You go to the clinic and the doctors tell you it's normal for, for someone of your age, yeah, your age, to struggle to conceive. You're ovulating and you're, you're told just relax, for sure it will happen. And after a year, you go into the hospital to get your fallopian tubes cleared out practically. A few months later, there's still no luck. So you go back to the doctors and they transfer you to the hospital. The IV clinic is in a waiting room of the maternity ward and you have to endure looking at and watching happy couples with their bumps. They're excited for their scans whilst you wait to see if you could even get IVF. This is the first time you'll really feel truly saddened. You will be assessed and you'll be told if you're eligible for IVF or the NHS and you'll have to wait two years. This will be devastating as you know that will you be able to afford to go private? When you turn up for your, your IVF first appointment, you can tell straight away that the IVF clinic is posh. I really didn't know what to expect. And with excited feelings, you, you're hand in hand and you're, you're heading down these long corridors which are decorated. And some of them have pictures of babies that have been conceived. And you look around the waiting room and there's several other anxious couples holding hands. And there's actually several ladies on their own. And everyone's looking anxious. I remember the doctor telling us that we had a chance. 5% chance of becoming pregnant. As long as my egg was top quality. We also got told that we could probably wouldn't likely conceive on our own. I have to say the news was a little hard to hear. Did it let... Did it phase me? I don't, I think it maybe did. You were issued with your your treatment plan and the bill. And then you, you had to come back and pick up your big bag of medication. Which I have to say, when you took it home and you opened it up, it was extremely daunting. You were given instructions how to administer injections right into your stomach. It was, it was like twice a day. And then you got regular weekly blood tests and internal examinations. And this was to see how many eggs were going and they were doing. So we went home, we were scared. But we were positive. We actually ended up living our life by the injection regime and all the appointments. Your diary just became cluttered. It actually becomes very painful. It's exhausting. And then after you've done all that and then you end up going to the, the clinic and getting eggs retreat, 
taken out and then they're fertilised and then put back in again. And you come home and you have to wait the two weeks. You can't really sleep for the excitement because it's quite a weird feeling. You feel pregnant. It's really weird. You're not. You can't possibly be. You know, well, you can be because it's already been implanted into you. You know, the egg and sperm have already fertilised together and it's in you. And it's that way that you go to the bathroom that morning and, you know, you you can't believe that you're having to test on a wee pee stick and this tells you your future. And then you wait that 10 minutes of your life. It's so intense. You just kind of look at each other and try to go on with your day. 10 minutes. But you can't. And when you, you check that result, you, can, you go completely numb. Because the worst outcome has just hit you in the face. There's no blue line. Keep checking the pee stick. You keep saying it's accurate. But you don't want to believe it. You're, you're looking at each other and you don't know what you're doing. You really don't know what you're doing. It's as if time has stopped still. And finally you do, you, you end up giving each other a hug. And it's like a fight for your family. And it was over in a flicker of a moment. All those months of hard work. And then you need to phone the clinic when it opens and tell them the result. And a nurse phones you back and says, I'm sorry to hear it. We understand it's a difficult position and a difficult time for you. Just letting you know that you will have, you will bleed in a day or two. But what happens is you start to focus again on another round of IVF. If you've got frozen embryos, Desperate to take them. But like me, I didn't have... I got one, so it was one. I didn't have any backup. So then you go back again to see the doctor. Because you want another treatment plan. You want to know how much it's going to cost and what you're going to do. What's the treatment plan? What's the protocol? And they sit there and they explain to you that there's no reason why it didn't work. It was up to us. And then I remember the time as well that when we had to make the decision on how many eggs to put in, and we're told about the risk, etc. But we wanted a family, so we opted for the both. Again, you're given all the drugs to get your uterus ready, and we went in for the transfer, the dreaded two-week wait. And then you kind of think to yourself, do I really want to test? Because I'm going to have this incredible loss inside me again if there's no blue line. And if there's no blue line, what would you do? Is that it? Is it finally over? No more appointments, no more tests, no more eggs. No hope, no family. And will the clinic advise you to go and see a doctor again and you can't face it? Because you just feel that, what are they going to tell me that I don't already know? Would the next month be a blur? Or would we be happy? And you end up, when it's a negative, you feel like a zombie. You just seem to go around your work, your, your house, your with your family etc you'd always seem to be like in a state of shock and you look around and everyone else is getting on with their lives and they seem happy and you just think I can't understand why this has happened to us why us, why me and then you end up with your friends or other and relatives are telling you so they think they're doing good they're helping you with, but they're actually hurting you and it's painful to hear it when they're telling you about people that they know 
who have done the IVF and it worked for them after three goes or they suggest, why don't you adopt? But they don't realise you've already looked at all that, especially if you're with that magic number, the magic 40. I remember that I felt that I I actually shut myself off from it all. I had all my feelings about it and I pretended to the world I was happy. That having children was not the be, the, the, the all and the be all. You ended up, you start going out with your husband again, you're socialising. And then what happens is you're, you actually end up going out and drowning your sorrows. And you're trying to justify your actions and what to do next with your life. We ended up what we do is we argued. Or maybe I did. Because we're angry with life and you actually end up taking out each other. I always remember Christmas and putting the Christmas tree up. I'd hanging up the baubles. I always bought a new bauble every year. To me it was like the lost soul. It wasn't having its Christmas. It wasn't round my feet. I just didn't know how to deal with the loss. Even when you're in the supermarkets, you end up, you don't want to go down the line of the the aisle of the the baby department. You don't want to see baby clothes because you just think, I'm never going to have to be able to buy them. The clinic really doesn't tell you how to deal with the grief. You have to, you have to adjust your whole entire life. And it does, it tests your relationship. It takes you to a breaking point. I had wish I had known beforehand. I've still got the, the box to this day of every investigation that I googled. And I had a big pink book that I used to write everything in. And I remember my last cycle, the cycle that was positive. I never found that book. I couldn't write into it. I have to say, I was, I was distressed by that. But I said to myself, I can't, I can't be like that. You had, they had, you know, you just had to get on with it. But I think that when you're not, not being successful with IVF, your life continues to be a struggle of overwhelming sadness with trying to remain positive. No one prepares you for the, for the devastating outcome, the impact that a failed IVF has on your life and how to deal with it. No one's there for you. You've only got each other. The clinics get their money and you're done. You're just another statistic. They don't phone you up in the next two week wait ask you how you are because they know that it's failed. You're alone and you're sad. I know it's a lifelong process adjusting in society which really isn't friendly to the childless and that's not a choice. I just can't help wondering do they know that there is a potential sad process after this happy process? I doubt it. It's almost like they, that we don't really understand that the after process and how difficult it is. As I've said before, dreams can come true for some of us. And for others, we're all there for you because it could have been us. So take care of yourself and everyone around you and cherish every moment that you have. It's hard to say that I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you have. We're all in the same boat. We're all these whole loads of us women. 
what all this in me. So if you need a chat, pick up the phone, phone your friend, go onto your forum, have a chat with one of them, because we're all there. Take care of yourself, and I hope to see you in the next podcast. If there's anything you'd like me to ask, just come on and ask me a question, and I will hopefully be able to answer it for you. Take care, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to IVF Before and After on iTunes or Stitcher and leave a review. Head over to the Facebook community page, IVF Before and After, or to the website, www.ivfbeforeandafter.com for fantastic free stuff.